Hey, it's me, Ben, and I'm over here with... Evan, yep, hi. He's, he's here, too. Uh, Steve's not here because we're doing this after we recorded this episode. Kind of just sneaking this in here, and you'll hear Peter Franson in just a moment talk about Christian Geek Central. But before we do, uh, we recorded this episode on a Thursday night while the Orville was actually on TV, and we did not watch the episode that was on while we were recording. In fact, we mention it in this episode. But... Real quickly, we just wanted to say uh, all that talk about, yeah, there hasn't been much content stuff. Um, there's some content that came up in that episode that was on while we were recording. And so yes. I just want to leave a disclaimer right here at the beginning of the episode. And we'll talk about the what's and the how's and the why's it's and the what's it's and all that stuff. Um, Evan and I are going to add a quick little addendum at the end of this episode. But if you don't make it to the end, we just wanted to make sure we drop this little uh, disclaimer here at the beginning. Yeah, so just be aware the a lot of the we, we see a lot of positive things about the show, but now we need to add a little uh there's a caveats. There is. Uh, it doesn't change yeah. it doesn't change some of the positives we were saying, but it does change the one thing that we were surprised about, which was how clean it was. So Right. Correct. Yeah. And we'll get into a yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh after after you listen to this episode, we'll come back. So we we now return you to your regularly scheduled podcast episode which means there's no schedule because it's a podcast here here, here's pater this podcast is part of the christian geek central network at christiangeekcentral.com episode 254 taking a ride on the orville welcome to the strangers and aliens podcast strangers Boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello. Welcome to Strangers and Aliens. My name is Ben. That's my first name. My last name is... Avery. Some people know me as Ben Avery. I'm sitting next to Evan. His last name is David. Yes. Some people know of him as Evan David. And some people know me as David Evan or David yeah. Evans or Scott Evan David, which Scott's my middle name. It's mm. very confusing. That is interesting. You have three first names. Yes, indeed. Interesting. You don't have three last names, though. No. If you had three last names, I'd have... I don't trust people with three last names. Okay. I think I think Dude. all of us. Have it's an upbringing. Three. It's an upbringing I, thing. I think all of us have three first names, because Avery is a, a qualified first name. It's and true, Stephen McDonald. Yeah, and McDonald has, has is, not been can, introduced yet. Yes, thank you. And but McDonald can actually be a a name, uh, like for instance, uh, Guardian on the Alpha Flight was James McDonald Hudson. So if it can yeah. be a middle name, it could be a first name. Middle names function differently, though. I mean, middle names 
come from anywhere, usually yeah. your middle name has more of a obscure significance than your first name. And, and so it can be like Dashboard. Rothbart. Yeah. <laughs> or Gene. Or, yeah, or Gene. Which is my middle name. And oh, also the middle name of my entire family. Really? And sure. also the middle name of my parents and my brother and sister. Every one of your kids? Has the middle name of Gene. Really? Yep. Yep. When my parents got married, they had the same middle name. Spelled the male version and the female version. But wow. then they named my, me Benjamin uh, Gene Avery. They named my sister Rebecca Gene Avery. They were going to name my brother <laughs> Timothy James. But they realized people might call him Timmy Jimmy which I think is hilarious, but <laughs> nice. that's why they didn't go with Timothy James nice. and instead went with Jonathan Jean. Wow. Yep. And so then I got married to my wife, Pamela Jean. No way. That's, yep. That's and weird. so we that have is weird. all five of my kids have carried that middle name on. Huh. Yep. Yep. So it limits their options for <laughs> potential spouses. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. So anyway, Stephen MacDonald. Gene. That's your middle name? No. <laughs> it is no. now. Could be. Should be. <laughs> so anyway, we are here because as I was remarking before we started recording, I can't believe we're talking about a show like this in 2017. And the yeah. show that we're talking about is not our show. No. We're talking about a show <laughs> called The Orville. And I can't believe that this show exists. Yep. I can't believe that it exists. I can't believe that... No, let me take that back. I believe that it exists. I just can't believe it is what it is because apparently this is a show, not apparently, it is definitely a show created by Seth MacFarlane who mm -hmm. created Family Guy and American Dad and has done some movies and stuff like that. And he was inspired to try and get this show made after the success of Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool. Which right. kind of makes sense, you know? They're both known for their humor. They're both known for um, being superhero genre shows but or movies, rather. But they've got this humor thing to them. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm. When I heard originally that Seth MacFarlane was making a sci-fi dramedy comedy kind of thing, <laughs> we'd be getting something like Guardians of the Galaxy. Or Galaxy Quest. Or Galaxy Quest with more raunchy jokes, you know, making fun of Star Trek or poking fun at Star Trek, you know, but, you know, keeping the tropes because, you know, he likes this stuff. Mm -hmm. he, yeah. He makes fun of it a lot, you know, in, in his shows, but mm -hmm. uh, he makes fun of it. And it comes from a place of knowledge yeah. and not from outside looking in. He's definitely on the inside making these jokes on Family Guy and, you know, doing Star Wars themed episodes of Family Guy and stuff like that. So I hear it is coming. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting joke, joke, joke. I'm expecting non sequiturs. <laughs> I'm expecting this to just be Thor Ragnarok. Yes, sure. <laughs> I'm expecting this to be what Evan saw when he went and saw <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. And instead, <laughs> instead, what do we get? We get an exact clone of Star Trek Next Generation. From mm -hmm. season three on. Yeah. Maybe even season two and one. I mean, it's just, I, I can't believe the show exists. <laughs> like, where did this come from? How did this get ordered? There's a season, they've ordered season two. 
Nice. Wow. <laughs> Season two has been ordered. I can't <laughs> believe we lost Bobby from Agents of Shield to this show. It's true. We're... Yeah, I thought they were going to do a um like a, a Mockingbird Hawkeye or something type yeah, of Yeah, yeah, it was uh uh Mockingbird and Hunter was the character that was her partner on the on the show. Right. And it got a pilot was ordered and a it's series shot. and a series was never never ordered. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sad day. Just wasn't wasn't to be. But now no. she's on this show. Now she's on this show, which means when uh, the guy who plays Hunter um, comes back, I think his name is Hunter. Yeah. Uh, when he comes back for season five, which apparently he's he's coming back for an episode or maybe more, um, but they've already teased that he's he's coming back. He's coming back alone <laughs> because his, because his ex wife partner wife is thing space. is in space yep. in the future. <laughs> in the future. <laughs> so, perhaps, perhaps listening to Barry Manilow. Yeah, in the future. I, I just, uh, I, I, whenever I talk about this with anyone, it's just, what do you think? Yeah, I can't believe the show is what it is. Yeah. The music cues are lifted straight from Star Trek: Next Generation, yeah. as is yeah. the editing. Spot the, on. Yeah, yeah. Even the editing feels like '90s era Star Trek. Yep. And yep. so it's that next generation era. So you have the original series stuff, which is old school TV, you know, yeah, and then you 60s. have then you have next generation stuff that lasted through uh, beginning of Star Trek: Next Generation to the end of Star Trek: Voyager, and then Enterprise is kind of its own thing, and Discovery is kind of its own thing, which I'm not super familiar with because I've only seen the pilot of Discovery, but Discovery mm-hmm. is it's new school. As far as super limited episode run, serial storytelling, and digital delivery and all that, this is Fox Network television prime time. Hour long. Hour long. Episodic. (laughs) The music cues. I I heard music cues, yes, that sounded like they came from Star Trek Next Generation, but I also was hearing music cues from James Horner. And Jerry Goldsmith as well yep. from yep. the early movies. <laughs> and, yep. um, My first hint that this show was going to not be what we expected was the theme song, where it's just a straight up, straight laced spaceship flying through the galaxy it's, with the majestic music. It's totally, it's yeah. Star Trek Voyager. There's nothing ironic or funny about it no. whatsoever. No, there's, <laughs> there's nothing. It's like, are they making fun of this by just doing it? <laughs> like, are they just saying, we are making the joke about the thing by just making the thing? See, but here's, yeah. here's why I don't think so. Because Seth MacFarlane, as far as I know, is a huge Trek nerd. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he is. He, and he loves this. I mean, he's cameoed in actual Star Trek a couple of times, I think. At least once. I maybe. know at least once. Yeah. yeah. And he's just a huge fan of this stuff. So I think I think we were having a conversation once, Ben, where you were you were imagining the conversation between him and Fox, where he just comes to Fox. He's like, "Look, yeah, let me do Star Trek. I want to do a Star Trek show." And they're like, "Can you put some rude jokes in it?" Sure. Yeah. yeah. No. It's... All right. Go ahead. No, yeah. but they're they're thinking they're thinking. Okay, we're gonna get Family Guy stuff in space. In space. Yeah. You know, and, and nope. it. And, no, no, they do add in, so it's not. It's not like Guardians of the Galaxy or um, even Thor Ragnarok, where the off-color jokes 
are just kind of this you know, we're leading up to a punchline. Right. You know, this is just they have characters who make these jokes. And it's not part of the punchline on this kind of meta writer level of we're building up to the big reveal punchline. No, it's just characters. It's just office conversation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, can I drink sodas on the the bridge? (laughs) Yeah, sure, as long as you keep them off the instruments and don't spill, fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's character humor, and whether it works or not, I mean, it's... I laugh. It's there. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not... So, Fox is thinking, hey, we're going to get this raunchy comedy. And then Seth and Farron's like, okay, guys, we've got money. And... We're gonna make Star Trek, yeah. and that's it. <laughs> Full stop. Yep. Yep. And so, Steve, I want to know your reaction, though. I mean, you've been watching well, it as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I I started watching it, and like what I it, it looked like it was more serious than I thought it was going to be, and then I started watching it, and I said to myself this is something I've talked about or uh, something like this. This, this is not perfectly it, but like what would the worst ship in Starfleet be like? There's gotta be a worse ship. I mean, there's, and you could make it a comedy because I mean, uh, bad things would happen and it would be incompetence at, at some level. There's gotta be a worse ship. What would that be like? You know? And, and here we, we almost have that. And I'm, I'm sort of glad it's not that because I would have felt like, oh, man, they ripped off my my thing. But they did a different thing. You know, it's it's not the most incompetent people, but it's people who, you know, in, in some way, some of them need redemption or they need something to to complete. You know, like Isaac is he needs the information that he's getting from being part of the ship. Um you know, so each character has its own thing that it needs. And wait, 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 wait. What was that character you mentioned? Data? Is that what you said? Yeah, Data. <laughs> oh, no, Isaac. no. Data. Oh. Isaac. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Each... And then you have Worf on the ship. Oh, wait, no. That's not Worf. Worf is, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about the show. But we're talking about the show because – we were going to do a show that was just going to be about new sci-fi yep. for this season. And there's there's a handful of things that we could talk about, like with the humans. We don't need to talk about that there's much, There's a though. new magic school bus out. It's true. It's Have true. Have we talked about Inhumans? No. Have you watched Inhumans? <laughs> I have, yes. <laughs> if you want to see how I feel about Inhumans, you can just go over to Welcome to Level 7 and you'll see why I don't really want to spend too much more time talking about wow. Inhumans. Okay. What about the gifted? There's, yeah, I mean that's that's just it. There's a lot of good stuff, mm-hmm. but as we were kind of talking about what you know that episode would be, and then a couple episodes of Orville came out between that conversation and now, that we're like, there's there's enough to just talk about Orville. Mm-hmm. There's there's yeah. enough to just talk about that, and yeah. um, I mean the people who are on this who are working on this show, um, the the guy who composed the. Uh, original theme for the show is Bruce Broughton, I think, Broughton, uh, who I'm familiar with because of movie scores that he's done. Um, Brennan Braga is an executive producer who's yeah. a, he's a Trek guy. I mean, he is yeah. a literal Star Trek producer mm. working on this show. Um, 
Jonathan Frakes directed an episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't see that. <laughs> uh, he directed, let's see, it was Priya, the the one mm-hmm. about the, uh, the time-traveling lady. Um, okay, yeah. Spoilers. Well, uh, let's talk about spoilers for a second. Yeah, thanks we're going to talk about we're going to talk about things in broad concepts that they, they that they talk about in the episodes. But if you've seen the episodes, we're not going to be getting too deep into the spoilers. We're going to talk about some of the theme stuff. Uh, if you haven't seen it, hopefully we're giving you just enough information for you to decide: Do I really want to watch this show or mm-hmm. not? Um, there is, if, if we are going to get into any like deep spoilers as far as like the twist endings of the episodes or something like that, that's something we're going to save toward the end of the, of this episode. So, yeah, so there's that. Um, the second episode was directed by Robert, uh, McNeil, who, um, he's from Voyager and he played, um, Tom Paris on Voyager. Uh, and then, of course, Seth MacFarlane has has done a lot of um, you know producing and stuff with it. But um, John Favreau directed huh. the pilot episode. Well, I did not know that. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a lot of quality, talented people behind this. Uh, it's just so. Again, I keep coming back to. I can't believe this thing exists. <laughs> I I don't watch it live because we're usually recording Strangers and Aliens. In fact, right now. Right now, the ep- the most recent episode of the Orville just finished. Yep. As we're recording right now, and so that's episode I don't know nine I think something like that. Something um, or episode eight it looks like. Nope, it's nine. 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 Yep. So episode nine has just finished airing, and I will watch it uh, tomorrow on Hulu, which is how I've normally watched it. It's just the day after on on Hulu. But every time I watch it, I'm taken back to high school and college. I'm taking back to the 90s. We're in 2017. This show is an accurate <laughs> and wonderful reflection of syndicated sci-fi in the 90s. Yep. There it is. Yep. And it's yeah. So from there, I don't know where we want to go. Um what's been your you said you watched it with your mom today? Me, Evan. Yeah. Ben is gesturing to me. And, and um, you watched it with your mom, who was a huge Next Generation fan? Yes. So my mom... Tell me what your mom says. All right. So my mom uh, is a massive Star Trek nerd. I did not know this until the uh, 2009 Star Trek came out. And I was like, Mom, do you want to go see Star Trek with us? Let me tell you what it's about. And then she just rattled off every character and plot line and everything. I'm like, okay, hold on. Let's back up. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> so, why don't you tell me what it's about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she knew much more than I did about the original series. And Star Trek Next Generation was on often when I was a little kid and in our home. So this is very uh, – I a lot of nostalgia comes over me when I hear the music and – especially when we go to a commercial because that's like the most 90s thing about the whole show is is going to the commercials because they, it's unbelievable <laughs> it's really good um so yeah i was expecting much the same thing as ben was you know like a a family guy in space of i was expecting something more akin to galaxy quest um dirty galaxy quest yeah maybe yeah. a little bit more like that um but Watching it, I mean, there is some blue humor, um, for sure, but it's not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. And for the last few episodes, it's pretty much I haven't even noticed anything. Um, 
there's there's definitely more language than there was in Star Trek: The Next Generation, I think, but um, it's not that's not over the top either. Um, so as far as content wise goes, I can recommend most of the episodes, and um, I've I've enjoyed it. Well, and it's it's network television language that they're able for nine to, o'clock, right? Yeah, um, and the jokes, yeah, there's jokes about human anatomy. Yep, and yes. you know, and sure you can. Is. Just you can extrapolate pretty much what what they're talking about and what uh, without me saying it, but um, but then there's also Star Trek: The Next Generation moralizing of like we haven't done this thing in a couple hundred years, yes. this, and they're this doing barbaric? this thing on this planet, and this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're just like Seth MacFarlane way yeah. back in the 21st century. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane, you're no Patrick Stewart. <laughs> But you've got his lines, man. Yeah, well, here, you've got his lines. here's one thing. I'm going into this expecting, all right, I'll watch an episode. You know, it'll probably make me laugh a little bit, but in the end, I'll be like, I can't continue because it's Seth MacFarlane and he is incredibly talented. I don't think anybody can say that he's not. Oh, yeah. However, as an actor, as a writer, as a director, as a voice actor, as a musician, incredible talent. But the things that he's, the majority of things he's chosen to use his talent for are deplorable um if yeah. i'm gonna put a label on it but in this show man he's toned it way back and there's a lot of great messages there's a lot of great story stuff going on um there's a lot of ungreat messages because this is coming from a uh clearly an atheistic Mm-hmm. Uh, mindset and it, just like kind of star trek was for the most part it's, it's you know? the same thing with star right. trek next same generation sort of where it was clear yeah when they came down on a side of an issue, um, you might agree with them, but they're coming down on that side of the issue that is absolutely the Hollywood atheist party line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when it's talking about the value of humanity in general, we we would agree with there's value in human value life. life. Yeah. 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 But then they would do some veiled metaphor about abortion. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay. <laughs> uh, or, you know. <laughs> the episode where that we kind of come back to often is the episode where start uh, where uh, um, Picard finally says, you know, humanity, you know, <laughs> hasn't been like this in, in two hundred years, and this is a planet that has finally gotten past, you know, evolved past the need for God, mm-hmm. you know, right. and and you know, it's it's clear that's what they're saying. I mean, uh, Gene Roddenberry was no. Uh, he he never hid the fact uh, that he did not like religion and that um, what what he thought about religion and religion didn't have a place in his worldview, uh, which is why it wasn't until he was dead that you had a TV series with Star Trek labeled on it that was actually bringing religion into it as an important part of the characters' lives with, with Deep Space Nine and the Bajoran people. And yeah, but it always reflects on things and the thing i appreciate about about all star trek is that even when i don't agree with it it's bringing up things to think about yep and and causing you to think about and in some ways causing you to say okay that's not quite right why is that not quite right what's what's wrong about this statement and when there's some statements where it's very obvious and there's other ones where it's not so obvious and it's art in the sense that it, it it's good art in the sense that it makes you think and creates a conversation. Well, in this show, the Orville, they are not shy. No. I mean, like episode two or three, it's like 
here comes the jugular. You know, it's like, man, they're just going. What's the most hot issue we could do an episode on? Hmm, let's do it. Yeah, well, know? I mean, they, the third episode is is about um, transgender Absolutely issues. Is. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it's interesting the way that they explore it and talk about it. And, and then we're not going to talk about endings, you know, right now. But the ending of that episode, uh, it's kind of a surprise ending, but it's not. Because it goes exactly where you kind of expect it to go to, yeah. And it did not go where I expected it to go. Oh, really? Yeah, no. it did not. So we'll we'll no. talk about that in oh, the spoiler I, section. I, I thought it was going to go there. All right. But, um, yeah. And, and then there's the social media episode. Oh, man. That was, that was a great one. That was Majority so, Rule. Yeah. yeah. Majority Rule was the name of the episode. And it's probably the highlight episode right Very now. Very good. It, the problem with it is, um, I mean, they're doing all these things that you could be making fun of Star Trek for, but they're doing it straight. Yep. They go to a planet where it's 20th century Earth with slightly different they, technology. Box, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just and, – and Star Trek did it all the time. The original series did it all the time because it was a lot easier to just use existing sets on backlots <laughs> and actors who didn't have to wear strange, crazy prosthetics or anything like that. Yep, yep. Uh, but they're going to this place that looks like Earth – Feels like Earth, sounds like Earth, but with a social with one, media message, yeah, yeah. you with know, one yeah. slight thing different. Yeah. It was good. It was very good. My my highlight episode is the Krill episode. Okay, yeah, where yeah. they sneak. Where, that was, that's episode six. You know, they yep. just wrote that so Seth MacFarlane could dress himself up as an alien. Which, again, <laughs> that's a Star Trek trope. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I want to yeah. do this. I might not get more episodes. <laughs> I want to be an alien. <laughs> but that's – Kirk has been a Romulan. Um, you know, Deanna Troy has been a Romulan. I mean, they, they, yep. they're just saying, hey, okay, we're going to do the crash spaceship on a planet. And how do they yeah. survive? Yeah. You know? exactly. That's the most recent well, one. And that's the one well, I not just the most wa- recent one because we – I was late to podcasting tonight because I was watching that episode and I was thinking – to myself, like, this is some of the stuff that they couldn't do in Next Generation, like that whole crash scene mm-hmm. where, I mean, they could have done it, but it wouldn't have looked Next Generation did it. I mean, in, I the, mean, in the TV show? Yeah, yeah. Now, it didn't look as great. Right. But they there's a couple different episodes. Uh, well, original series did it with the Galileo 7 episode where a, sh- a shuttle crashes and there's monsters and yep. Spock has to... I'm talking about where it like bounces off the mountain right. no, and no, it careens the, through the trees they, and all that. But the know. episode was done. Right, right. You know, and and then Next Generation did it with an episode with Picard and, and Wesley getting trapped on a planet and having to survive. You know, it's just... And so here comes the Orville and we're going to do it again. Yep. And we're not going to get sued for it. <laughs> um, and actually, that one that you're talking about took me back too because no the into the fold one with, mm. the, with the space crash space crash yeah. because when i was a kid any kind of episode like that just freaked me out like how are they getting it off i remember the, there was a yeah. special two-hour buck rogers episode <laughs> it was yeah. from season two because it had the old british guy and they crash landed on a planet and then their ship sank into the the sand, uh, and it's like they'll never get off the planet now. How right, are they going to get right. off the planet? And I remember playing that episode or that that type of episode all the time, where my my ship would crash on the planet, and then there's monsters, and how are they going to get off the planet? You know, and, and it just because it stuck with me, it was just so visceral. Like how are they going to? They're stranded. And, 
Yeah. Yeah. And so, but this one is about parenting. And and amazing it, that, it, it, that it, it, the, the weird thing for me is these episodes, they really talk about the polarization of the thing where I won't give too much away here, but the whole thing is that one character chooses to be a single parent and plays that out the way that, that she plays it out. And then at the end, it's really evident that it doesn't seem, at least in this case, it doesn't seem to work as well as if there were someone else in the relationship because, you know, something new has been introduced and experienced and all of a sudden you're seeing what looks like at the beginning to be something that says, you know, well, single parenthood is just as viable as, as double parenthood as you know, a, 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 a father and a mother. And then at the end, it sort of gets that twist and the very same thing with um, the uh, about a girl where it's it's that that, uh, you know, looking at the transgender issue, but it sort of looks at it one way. And then, you know, I think it's, Evan maybe saw a little bit what I saw. I'm not going to ruin anything right now, but it just it, it the way it played out. You're like, well, wait a minute. They're talking about both sides of this polarizing issue and not really landing talking about. Yeah, not really talking about where most people land in that middle. And I think that's one of the most interesting things about about the uh, these episodes, at least the ones that we have right now. Yeah, well, what I appreciated about the the, the parenting thing was, um, they, I mean, they were showing this, this single parent, and she's trying her hardest, and she's doing, you know, trying to do right by her kids. And it wasn't necessarily that they were saying you need to have a mother and a father, but they were absolutely saying you, you shouldn't go it alone. You know, you, people are there to help you, and it was. It was really interesting. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah. They also, um, I mean, they take on a lot of tropes. As <laughs> a far, lot of tropes. You know, like I mentioned, the time traveling lady, which yep. again, they had kind of a twist ending to it, kind of. And mm. that might be one that we could explore, like where it actually went, because there's some paradoxes in there yeah. that, you know, it, my, well, I mean, the technically- way. Oh, go ahead. Technically, the episode doesn't exist. Well, but but it does, <laughs> you know. Way. But it's a whole time right. travel thing, and uh, it didn't quite go the whole route of like with with Star Trek Voyager, where there are multiple episodes in Star Trek Voyager where time travel, something bad happens, time travel happens, and then the bad thing never happened, and the crew never even knew because right. it got erased from time. Right. You know? and, right. Um, they do the generation ship. With um, let's see, this, the episode was if the stars should appear. Yeah, which that episode um, was. Do you remember when we did the the uh, old time radio yep. episode about uh, universe, mm-hmm. which was uh, adaptation of a story by oh man, I've lost it now. Frederick Pohl, I think, or was it? Uh, it doesn't matter. But no, uh, <laughs> Heinlein. It's okay, Robert, yeah, Robert yeah. Heinlein. Yeah, yeah. but um. You know, where you have this generation ship that's been in space for so long that they've forgotten they're in space. Mm. Right. You know, and that's also um, the Star Lost, which we I've talked about. It's been a long time since I've talked about this right. show, but that's a, yep. a early 70s Canadian low budget sci-fi TV show <laughs> about a generation ship where there's all these pods on the ship 
and these people realize, oh, we're not on a ship. And basically, these Amish people realize <laughs> they're not on a ship. Uh, they look Amish anyway. And so they right. start traveling the ship and going from pod to pod and seeing these other cultures. And it should have been a fantastic, wonderful idea created by Harlan Ellison. Um, he, he is the creator of this show. He got mm-hmm. so mad at how terrible the show was. <laughs> <laughs> the, one of the episodes was written by like a beekeeper or something <laughs> like that. It's just some guy who's like knew wow. someone who was working on the show. And I, I don't, it's been a long time since I've, I've looked into that show, mm. but um, I, I own it on DVD cause it's, it's a part of my nostalgic childhood. Nice. Yep. Does not hold up, but it never held up. <laughs> and whenever it was created, 1973 or whatever, it still it did not hold up in 1973. Mm. But um, wow. but that's what's happening here is you have this this uh, generation ship that's forgotten that they're actually on a ship. Religion has been created on there, just like in Universe, mm-hmm. and uh, Universe being that that episode that we did where we played that old time radio show, right. and um, it's they have to deal with the fallout here, and then you also have you don't have the uh, prime directive saying no interference you just have you know people back on earth saying don't interfere yeah (laughs) right so but they have universal translators they have um absolute moral high road judgment yep um they do not have beaming no they don't my mom was upset about that really yeah she's like well not like upset but the people are stranded on the planet like oh beam them up Beam them up. I'm like, Mom, they don't have beaming. She's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting. They, that's the, like the one thing they don't take. Yeah. But the only reason they had beaming on the original series was because of budget. Yeah. They didn't want to film a shuttlecraft taking off and landing so often. Um, so they just, oh, all right, let's do this instead. But um, <laughs> Let's just do this thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they have it all. They have uh, the the uh, the food. Yeah, um, the food synthesizer. Yeah. I, and I, I love how shuttle. Yeah, Shut, they've, yeah, they've got the shuttle. It's very yeah. nice. Uh, in the first yeah, episode, they, in the first episode, they visually reference Star Trek Five with crashing the shuttle in the shuttle deck. It yeah. is, I mean, they could have storyboarded, just taken the same storyboard from Star Trek Five and created that that whole scene. It is. Yeah. It has to be a visual reference. Well, and they visually reference at least Star Trek 09 uh, when they're going to the ship and they, you know, it comes around the bend and then you see the ship in the docking bay because they're approaching it with the shuttle. I don't know if they've done that with other Star Trek 4. Well. Yeah. So Star Trek 4. And um, there's some Star Trek Next Gen or Star Trek uh, the motion picture. There's some yeah. visual references there, the way that they do. Th- they have the hollow room. They have uh, 10 yeah, the forward. Holodeck. They do have a hollow deck. Yep. They do have yeah. a hollow deck. <laughs> They haven't done a holodeck episode yet, though. They've had it in two episodes, and one of them, they're fighting in Mexico as cowboys. Yeah, and it's a dance-off. Yeah. <laughs> that was but it's, <laughs> but it's so low-key. Like, yeah. it's just, hey, I'm a guy, and I'm doing this thing because that's what guys do. And it's not, again, it's not building up to this big, giant dance number or something that I would have... Before the show started, if you would have said they had a dance-off right. in the holodeck, I would yeah. have thought, okay, they're doing some crazy comedy. Yeah. Right. You know. It'll be two minutes of the Macarena or something like that. Yeah. But no. <laughs> no? No. Nope. All right. So you guys want to give your your star rating and then talk about some spoiler stuff? Or is there more I don't to know talk about, about a star rating. I mean, 
I think that if I'm going to give a star rating, I'm, I'm giving it a four out of five. Is and that that one star gets knocked off because it's it doesn't go original enough. You know, it just <laughs> I I it, it is the show. It is Star Trek: Next Generation. Just See, without I, I, a bald British guy, you know. I mean, I have no problem with it being that. Well, I would probably give it a, a three and a half or a four, and I would knock it down just because of the crudeness. That's the other reason why yeah, I knocked yeah, the, the yeah. star off. I I give you the exact same rating as you, Steve. A three and a half or a four. Yep. And that's exact. Yes, <laughs> My that inexact rating. The exact <laughs> same rating as you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> to the letter. All right. Uh, wow, me and Evan actually agree decimal. on something here, guys. Yeah, it's is this historic? Have we ever agreed this it's much? Like, Not that it's close. Like no. Strangers mm-hmm. and aliens, the next generation. This. <laughs> yeah, there's That's... no conflict anymore. We've evolved past that. Yeah, we've evolved past conflict. <laughs> we've evolved past the need for conflict. <laughs> the need for conflict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I mean, the things that they do. I guess the other thing that I kind of don't like so much is there's so much um, referencing pop culture of today. Yeah. You know, there is, like how is that stuff still so relevant it, over 200 years in the future? It, so you, you basically have three or four characters who keep going back to like I'm, uh, deep cuts, yeah. you know, and and then you have these other characters. What? Oh, it's something from the 20th century. You know? Yeah. yeah old Earth is what they call it. Yeah. It's something yeah. from Old Earth. Okay. Yeah. And there was but, one episode where this was really interesting to me because um, two characters were talking about uh, something that actually exists in modern day times, but it's like a futuristic version of it. And it's uh, to do with the, the Salem witchcraft trials, which, I mean, I live, I, I work in Salem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, that's so fresh to me. And they were talking about it and like, hey, remember, because hey, they they're both from Massachusetts, both characters. Or possibly. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's... And they're like, hey, did you ever go to the, the Salem Witch Museum and see the – and I was just like, I can't believe they just yeah. did that because I think Seth MacFarlane is, is from Massachusetts. My hometown's in the future. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was so interesting. I mean I was talking about it like you know that week with other people in my at my job who had seen the episode. And they're like, oh, that was so cool because you know I, I drive past it like 20 times a day. When I work those days, I, I do have some favorite moments I do want to talk about, but I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. Spoil it. Okay. Spoil it. Well, spoil let's it. wait, Steve. We'll play the organ, the spoiler organ, and then we'll spoil. So, do we recommend it? I recommend this show to people who like Star Trek. I recommend this show to people who like thoughtful sci fi and who can handle that they're going to be throwing a couple off color jokes about people's anatomy and sex yeah yep. and like especially i mean the, the first episode is probably the worst yeah that was with yep. with a really it. gross part yeah and a lot of what they were talking about was um in the original trailer uh so the original preview trailer that they did it was basically all the jokes hmm. which is another reason why i thought okay well i don't know if i'm gonna like this very much because these jokes are really not landing mm-hmm. with me you right. know, and yeah but um Especially uh, that first episode has it, and it's yeah. Uh, just know what you're getting into. This is not this is not something I would sit down and watch with my ten year old. 
you know, but you no. know your you know your children, and you know your tolerance, their tolerance, as as far as parenting goes. But um, yeah, I, I recommend it. I do. I don't recommend it to people who don't like Star Trek because you'll hate it. <laughs> yeah, for real. Because <laughs> if is, you don't like Star Trek, you're not going to like this. Yes. And I would, I would pretty much echo the same thing. I, yeah, I definitely put the caveat in there about if you can, if you can handle the off-color humor. And honestly, it's not pervasive. Um, yeah. Oh. It's not. I mean, there's going to be some jokes, but it's not like, it's not going to cover throughout the entire episode. There'll be one or two or three per episode, um, and they're usually not that bad, except in that first episode. So, it, it's like it seems like it's getting better. Too. Yeah. I mean, I've. They usually, this is a this is a thing that happens with TV shows that I've noticed is that the first couple episodes th- that's where they're going to throw in all the sex and nudity and all that stuff, so you can grab the audience's mm-hmm. attention and then get to the real storytelling, you know. Well, and I feel like the pilot was made for the people at Fox so they could kind of think, oh, well, it's not quite what we <laughs> were thinking we were getting from him, but it's close enough. Uh, all right, yeah. we'll get the series, you know, we'll get the series. Thirteen episodes. And, and now it's getting great reviews. So, yeah, but it's just it's, it's an odd duck. Star Trek: Next Generation in prime time on Fox yep. in 2017, and meanwhile you have Star Trek trying to rebuild and redefine itself, and and be something completely new, completely different with Discovery, and the Star Trek movies, and no, Seth MacFarlane says I'm just going to make Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> no one else is doing it right now. Why not me? Right. I mean, it's, it's the the highest budget official Star Trek fan fiction that you're ever going to find. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some actually there's some good stuff out there that is like closer to the actual. I mean, there's like uh, what is it? Star Trek Continues or something? Yeah. No, or there's fan made productions yeah. for sure. And and but, some of them are are is as close to canon as you could possibly be. But this, I mean, this is this is the next generation. If you if you like the next generation, and you don't mind the you're and you're an adult and you can handle you know little things here and there, and you know the whole setup, I guess. But after that. It really talks about some issues that I don't see anything else addressing them the way that this that this series does. It's it's and it's odd because there's I mean there's either right wing stuff or left wing stuff that out there, and this just sort of like polarizes it and then leaves you somewhere. Yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, <laughs> it's just like here's the problems. You think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good day. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think I can say it's weird enough. I mean, it's just, it's it's so weird to me. But um, at the same time, it it is doing these things. And it's, it's, again, I, I can't believe. That, that it's not getting sued, you know, <laughs> but, but you, you're talking about those fan productions, you know, and those fan productions are actually just doing Star Trek. I mean, they're yeah. casting themselves as Kirk and right. Spock and McCoy yeah. and they're, you know, they're adding legitimacy by trying to get some original writers and, mm-hmm. you know, oh, well, here's, um, uh, you know, here's George Takai and he's going to come on yeah. and he's going to play a character in the right. show. And, and that's, that's one thing. Um, this show is absolutely just, pulling on those threads and saying, okay, we're going to make a show that yep. is of the kind 
with Next Generation. I mean, it's like a love yeah. letter. It's like a love letter. Yeah, in, in some ways it is. And I just, my, my ding is the dirty jokes aren't enough to make this your own thing. Right. You know, and uh, I want to see... I want to see some more where it's going to like go beyond what what Star Trek Next Generation was doing, and mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe maybe there is no beyond. If you're going to do this kind of thing, maybe there isn't a way to 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 go beyond that other than to just completely reinvent it. Um, which you know, Paramount and CBS are having trouble doing anything new with Star Trek without reinventing it, and and they're always having this kind of push pull of people like Star Trek, but nobody likes it enough to really make it profitable these days and <laughs> so we'll make the big budget movie that's super super high energy and more star wars feeling and um and uh, and, and it's kind of the, the fan base versus the general public too because you have the general public who likes the new stuff who's mm-hmm. you know they're not into the old stuff but then you know with discovery you've got the hardcore fans who are like you changed how the klingons look boycott it's like come on guys <laughs> it's a big deal for some people and and they're just yeah well because it's not fitting into their chronology you yeah. know of i mean we've seen this evolution of the klingons look over you know the span of decades and now we're going backwards but wait <laughs> they looked like the new klingons back in enterprise that was a whole big deal because yep. they didn't look like the original Klingons, because Enterprise takes place before the original series. So why do they look like Next Generation Klingons? And now you're just throwing in this whole new thing. Yep, yep. Like, hey, you know what? We're going to fix this problem by muddying the waters to a little bit. To be fair, yeah. the original series Klingons looked horrible. <laughs> no, they were fine when that was all there was, though. Yeah. It's because yeah. they just they, – they, they gre- were grease paint, yeah. and, and they were meant to look like the um, – The devil. <laughs> well, I was going to say the Asian stereotype mm. because yeah. um, you know we're coming off of World War II and mm-hmm. um, and so it was white people in grease paint with yep. uh, you know Fu Manchu mustaches and stuff. Right. And, yeah. um, and it didn't look great, mm. but on your low res tube television, it, you knew who the bad guy was yeah. right away. Yeah, they were the ones not wearing bright clothes. Mm. That's right. So. Yeah. So that's but that's Paramount saying we have to reinvent Star Trek and Fox comes along and says, Eh, I don't know about that. We got Seth MacFarlane <laughs> over here and he's doing fine by us. Now their their ratings they had eight point five million viewers for the first episode. Wow. They're down to with uh into the fold, the one we were talking about where they crash landed on the planet, that's down to three point eight million wow. viewers. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. As far as the, the drop off, the dip, yeah. Um, I mean, they've, they've lost half their audience, but I'm well, not. Pilots, but pilots are always huge numbers, yeah. Right, yeah. but you well, can what see the numbers for number two. Six point six. Okay, so yeah, um, but then you throw in Inhumans, their latest episode, it was yeah. like one point eight million viewers, and wow. now that that's that's Friday, that's Friday night, so there's that on on ABC. Uh, but this is Thursday night, nine o'clock. You know, and I, I don't know what what it looks like for other shows in that same time slot. But man, well, shall we get to the spoilers? Let's do it. All Let's right. get to the spoilers, and then uh, yeah. So we're gonna play the organ right about now. 
Spoilers. 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 All right, let's spoil. What do you want to talk about, Evan? They chopped off that guy's leg. <laughs> I love that, man. That was hilarious. <laughs> he should have practical jokes. And he just cuts off the guy's leg. That's awful. <laughs> that was great. It was, but if you live in a society where growing back a leg is possible. Yeah. It's a great practical joke. Totally valid practical joke. And later Isaac is like dead. And the guy's like, Isaac, I don't know if you can hear me, man. I'm sorry I was upset earlier. But I just got to tell you, that was the best practical joke I've ever seen. (laughs) But then in the next episode, he he gets stabbed in the leg, I think. He's like, that was a brand new leg. (laughs) So they're referencing. I mean, that was 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 good. good. Yeah. Oh, man. And uh, there's another one I liked. Keep talking. I'll think of it. Well, I mean, the social media thing. That was a fantastic episode because yeah. it's all about just you do one thing wrong and then social media just crucifies you and yeah. you cannot Absolutely. lose that. The one problem I had with it, and I think I might have talked about this with you. I can't I remember think so. though. The one problem I had with it was the punishment was that you get your mind wiped. Well, and you get your – you basically get lobotomized. Yeah, yeah. to just – and I kind of like what they're trying to say with that because then once you're lobotomized, you are – you just go along with the crowd. Yeah, you're with the majority. You just you stick with the majority, yeah. and you're with it. But that's not what happens in in real life. You know, in real life, you you get shunned. You lose your livelihood. I mean, uh, just a regular person can do one stupid thing, and yeah. they are done. Yep. You know, they they lose their career, they lose their family. Yeah, and they didn't really explore that side of it. Um, but but then they explored the whole the. The apology tour. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I think it's interesting with the lobotomization because I think that's how some people would have it. Like they probably would oh, never say yeah. that out loud, but you're like, you know what? I just wish those yeah. people would, you know, either disappear yeah. or, yeah. you know. Well, and that's that's what made the whole episode interesting, though, was just the way it explored that. Um, you know, now we're in this weird place where you have all these accusations coming out of Hollywood, yeah. you know, and in some ways it's really interesting. In some ways it's really satisfying to see people actually standing up and saying, this thing happened to me. This is a person who has been rewarded and who, you know, but then in other ways it's like these people are put on trial in the public eye before they have a chance to be put on trial yeah. in real life. Yeah. Well, you look at Kevin Spacey, he is like, you talk about a guy losing his career uh, they've canceled his shows yeah, his, overnight. Yeah, and, and his <laughs> they've replaced his, him in a movie. Yeah, that's coming out yeah. in December. Like they're yeah, yeah. Like we're a month away from December. They the movie is finished, and they are going to go back and cut him out and replace him with another guy. And or Christopher Plummer. I don't. Yeah. Well, anyway, but the thing with that is, like, that was one of those things where there was the one accusation, and it was just kind of oh, man. And he says. His apology sucked. I yeah. mean, it was so dumb. Yeah. Apology was, I was drunk and I don't remember if I actually did it, so I'm sorry if I did. You know, that's not an apology. And that's that's part of the problem uh, with what happens in the fallout is that there's no legitimate apologies mm. or you don't feel like there is. But um, the other thing that happened with him was at first I was just kind of, oh, man, this was a long time ago. Um, is there opportunity for reparation and forgiveness? You know, And then all of a sudden – no, it wasn't a long time ago. It was also last week. Yeah. You know, yeah. like there was things happening last week. So it's, oh man, well, it's good 
that this guy came out and said this happened to me was I don't know, 30 years ago or whatever because now more people have courage, people from yeah. 30 hours ago are able to come out and say well guess what and yeah it's just it's so messy and it's scary in some ways that you know you you could lose your business you could lose your livelihood um, for doing one simple stupid thing even if you did it on purpose you know yep. um, and there's no room for actual grace and there is no room I mean I'm watching Christians on Facebook there is in other situations other other things going on um, some politically and some other things and it's just, there's no room for grace there is no room for um, love forgiveness all these things that we as Christians are even you know we're staking our lives on and we're we're basing our lives on but well and i love the stuff they put in there about how to fix your reputation via social media <laughs> yeah you have to be a veteran with a dog you know come, <laughs> or, you know coming home uh you have to you know donate to you know whatever your mom who's mm -hmm. what was the last thing there's the last thing was the stupidest one and i can't remember what it was it's like post a picture of of this or something but yeah coming and, home from the military with your dog yeah there, there's not real like people don't care about your real sincere apology. They care about no. you know it, the meaningless, frivolous things that can change your mind about somebody on social media. It, and I thought it was a very good commentary on that. Have you guys seen The Circle with Tom Hanks and Emma no. Watson? That one is uh, it reminded me a lot of this episode reminded me a lot of that because that one it's basically that movie tries to tackle every issue that you can tackle with social media <laughs> all in one movie. And it's like, wow. it's very on the nose, but I thought it was good. I mean, it's like, if you just, if you know you're going to go in sitting through a sermon, I think you'll like the movie. <laughs> but anyway. So anyway, Majority Rule, not the most exciting episode of television, but a really good um, Star Trek-ish, Twilight Zone-ish morality tale. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and very relevant to today. Mm-hmm. But it also then takes the whole trope – actually, from the episode where Picard says this culture has finally evolved past the need for God, yeah. they they took from that episode where we're going to bring one person onto our ship, let them see that it's the truth, you know, and um, and so she's on there and it's, just, it's exactly – I mean, they, they, they took it directly from that episode. Mm. and Well, and if the stars should appear, I think they mentioned that, you know – the, the more technology a culture gets, the less it re, it relies on religion. No, that's the krill. There's a krill, yeah. They, they were surprised that a culture so advanced would still adhere to the, right. the teachings. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and that yeah. was an interesting book or book. That was an interesting episode because of <laughs> you know they're they're basically trying to steal the Klingon Bible. Like if you're right. doing Star Trek terms, they're trying right. to steal the Klingon Bible to understand what it is that causes them to to hate and to fight and, and, and to how kill. to have better diplomacy can, with them yeah. Yeah. how can we have diplomacy with them by understanding them and it was really interesting too because you're expecting them to you know maybe show that this evil race of aliens has this redeeming side that we just don't understand nah. and nope <laughs> nope these guys are not going to give up their hate for you and they're going to kill you because their book tells them that they're going to kill you yep and it was it was so it was just interesting again. Yeah. I mean, and like I was going in to that one. I'm like, oh, no, here comes the the shots at Christianity and stuff. But no, it's actually 
Um, I mean, sure, you could draw those conclusions. There's definitely shots. Yeah. There are definitely shots of Christianity. But I think you could also just as easily say it's all about Islam or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. where... Um, well, and, and that's where, you know, a lot of these shows, uh, the things they say about religion keep are... Keep it ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. And so they could be taking a shot at this thing, at that thing, at the other thing. You don't know. But in, unless you talk to the writer and say, okay, what was directly in your mind as you're thinking about this? But in this episode, it absolutely is looking at um, the, the, uh, the kind of radical Islam and then also radical Christianity, you right. know, where it's, it's the, we're going to kill anyone who doesn't agree with us. Right. And why are we going to kill anyone who doesn't agree with us? Because our book tells us we're going to kill anyone who doesn't agree with us. Right. And, and that disgusting putting the head in the pot and stabbing it and stabbing well, it. Well, and, and that was, was like, something like, I, I honestly was like shocked by that. Um, yeah. And thinking back on it now, that's definitely some, uh, like ISIS imagery sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very visceral yeah. and very scary. I mean yeah. And uh I just that's that's probably my favorite episode for some reason. Um I I love the undercover stuff. I love how you see the heroic aspects of those characters come out. Uh they really shine in that episode because they're just surrounded by these people who hate them and want to kill them, but they also are just doing anything they can to preserve their lives. Um mm-hmm. In in you know defeating them, uh, could, coming in peace you know so I I just really enjoyed that one I thought it was good <laughs> I love seeing those guys in the makeup <laughs> I just thought that was great um, I think my favorite episode is probably if the stars should appear really yeah and and that's partially because it's just the way that they're taking that uh, that sci-fi trope of the generation ship which I love that um, I mean if that's I could, a cool trope. Yeah, if I could figure out a way to do it so I wasn't just completely trying to rip off um, Star Lost and and some of the, I, I wish I could figure out a, an original take on the generation ship because that's something I would want to do. Um, there's just a lot. There's a lot of stuff you can mine with that, and and and, and they do here. Now they they take it that religion thing where um, our religion says this is our world. There's nothing more. And then, that one was more at Christianity, I thought. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> then the and then you find out, oh, science exists. You know, so your religion is is ah, uh, yes, has no validity. Science yeah. and religion are directly opposite each other. Well, and right. the, thing, the thing is with this episode, though, is can you imagine how damaging it would be to the culture that they just revealed the truth to? That's going to be chaos. Yeah, it's going to be anarchy. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, but what they, do you do? They need to do a follow-up episode where you see that someone worse is in charge. Liam Neeson. <laughs> he was in. <laughs> I was like, wait, that sounds like <gasps> it is. And <laughs> yeah. and the the main bad guy from Hero season four was in there. Mm. Not as recognizable as Liam Neeson. I don't Heroes recognize. Had a fourth season. Yeah, Didn't it did. It? Yeah, yeah. It was with wow. the carnival people, yeah. the leader of the carnival guys. Oh, oh, oh! What's his name? He was the like the preacher dude. Yeah, because um, he was also in uh, some Stargate stuff, I think, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, it was. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's it's a weird duck. I let's can't... talk. Let's talk about about a girl. 
Okay, let's talk about about a girl. Um, about a girl is about um, a girl. This, <laughs> this the culture. The it's not not it's the not Klingons. All right, right? but yeah. they are, but they aren't. Um, and it is a planet of males. Yeah. So they're using that automatically to talk about homosexuality, but then. Now we're taking it in this episode talking about transgender. Because they have a child. Uh, they, they have a baby that's born of an egg that they sit on. <laughs> like, yeah, it could have been funnier, but it was funny enough. You yeah, know, and, yeah. um, we're just going to sit on this egg, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but when the child is born, it's a female child. And a female child in their culture, when, it, when it's born, is given uh, a sex change operation to make that child into a male. And we find out that um, uh, it wasn't Bordas. It was Bordas his, his spouse. His spouse was actually born a Clyden. female. Was, was born a female mm-hmm. and had the operation. And and then there's this whole moral back and forth with no adventure. Like, no. This is not yeah. an adventure story. It's all yeah. philosophy. It's a courtroom drama. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, again, you know, Star Trek did well. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I hate that it's a courtroom drama where um, all the humans come and the humans have the right answer and they're the ones who are doing the legal stuff. Well, you have Bordas whose mind has changed, which is my favorite part of that episode, because his life and beliefs are changed after watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That was the best moment. No, it was perhaps in the entire television show. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then he tries to explain, you know, he can't. Because... Once you hear the tale of Rudolph, your mind will be changed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so the, the trial is, do they do this or not? And um, and it's it's a it's a family courtroom drama. Like this is not Commander Data being put on trial by Starfleet to determine if he exists as a sentient human being or right. a sentient creature. You know, this is um, uh, between two parents. You know, one of them says we need to do the change, and the other one says no, we're not going to. And then the ending is they do it. They, yeah, they change the child, and that caught me off guard. I was not expecting. Yeah, that. I was not expecting because um, everybody, all the hero characters in the show, because you know that the writers and the actors portraying these people, in all likelihood are totally for transgenderism and homosexuality and all that because that's the popular thing to do at the moment in our country. And um, even they in the show, all the hero characters, they are totally 100% against doing the sex change because it's a baby. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can't you can't decide what they want to be, you know, but then they do it anyway. And yeah. and I was like, wow, I can't believe Well, and what they're happened. saying, what they're saying is let the child grow up and decide. Right. You Which know. we don't agree with, obviously. Uh, well, I mean, free will. The, yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the we, conversation though reminds me of the conversation about child baptism. You know? Really? Yeah. Because. Well, yes, I could see that. You know, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you baptize the child when they have no, they have no no say in the matter. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and whereas our denomination uh, and and many other evangelical denominations believe that you. You choose to 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 be baptized because you are saying something with that baptism, and right. as a child, you ha- you are not making that choice because you're not saying anything, right. you know. And but it's a public affirmation of what you of a, of a spiritual state, 
you know, right. I, and other denominations would say that you're baptized because you're a child of a believing family. Mm-hmm. So you're baptized. It's sort of like a like a dedication. Yeah, and and then others would say you you are baptized as a child to be saved. You know, that's that's part of the salvation process. And and actually, um, you know, our our denomination comes from the Anabaptist tradition, mm-hmm. where um, where Anabaptist was two baptisms because they're baptized as children. And then they said, no, the baptism is something we're supposed to do as adults and, so they do and choose to do it. So they would do a second baptism. And actually, people would get killed for being baptized a second time. Wow. It was – it's very – if you look into – That's uh, rough. If you look into Mennonite and, and Anabaptist uh, history, it's really, really interesting. And that's why they they came over, you know, to the state. Well, they weren't the states then. But, you know, that's part of why that particular group came because they were trying to escape – the, you know, being Anabaptist is a death sentence kind of wow. thing. So interesting. Wow. Um, but anyway, that's what it, it reminded me of that because of the whole, as a child, this child can't choose who it's going to be and who it wants to be. Um, the other interesting thing in that episode that I wish hadn't gone quite the way it did, but it was them bringing this, like the one woman on the continent. Yeah. And it turned out to be, um, Clyden's favorite author, right? No, so it, it was the it was the prosecutor's favorite author. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. so it was, but it was the the favorite That's author, it. and it's a girl. Yep. You know, and see, girls can do things just like boys. You know, and <laughs> well, not quite enough for the legal argument. But the, their, girls are people too. Their culture believes that you know, being a female is a deformity, like a horrible, crippling deformity. And this is where yeah. I thought it was really interesting too, because. That gets us into gendered abortion, hmm. you know, where you have uh, – it's not just a thing like in, in China they talk a lot about it because you're allowed to have one child. Hmm. And so they want a male. And and so girls are being aborted simply for being women or for, or for being female. It happens in the States too though because um, I, I have a, a family member who um, does ultrasounds and – she says it's actually a pretty depressing job sometimes because there are um, families who will come and get an ultrasound and find out that the child is a, a female child, and so they will get an abortion because yeah. the child is a female child. And so that's also bringing up these questions and these thoughts of you know the the female child is like you said it's a deformity, yeah. and it's. It, so it brings up – that's what good sci-fi does. That's why we do this podcast yeah. is because good sci-fi allows us to have conversations like that. Now it also gives us conversations about Thor Ragnarok where we're talking about why does this story work? Why does it not work? You know, We also have those kind of conversations. We have fun conversations about you know, is Santa is a jerk or whatever. Yeah. But, <laughs> but this, is, this is this conversation for today is this show – causing us to think about and talk about things that if if nothing else is putting it giving it to us in a different way and i think it's clear yeah. that it is because we're having conversations right now mm-hmm. on the air you know, it is working yeah. it is as far as it being a star trek clone it is working because it's causing us to talk about these things i remember going to bible class in high school um, I went to a Christian high school, and my Bible teacher watched Star Trek: Next Generation. And so we come in, and every once in a while, Mister Pyle would bring up something about the latest episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, and it was, um, bring us back to uh, about a girl, the episode where 
Riker falls in love with this person who I can't remember if it was a single gen, single gendered planet. Yeah, I think it was a single yeah, gendered was, planet, yeah. and and so basically the heterosexual relationship was to them what the homosexual relationship is to conservatives hmm. on Earth, right. you know, and so. Um, so you had that thrown at, you know, where it's it's like, ah, oh, the tables are turned. Yeah, but they're in love, you know, and it's <laughs> and it's it looks like our love, and oh wait, no, and, and you know they did they did that episode, so it's, it's very similar to what they were doing here. Yeah, uh, and and so we had a whole conversation about it in Bible class at um, my Christian high school because of Star Trek: Next Generation. Um, it was interesting though, because he'd come in and say, "How many guys saw the latest Star Trek?" And like three hands go up. <laughs> <laughs> How many people um, were in the, uh, in the group? Uh, in that class where he was actually talking about it, it wasn't that. Well, I think it was like fifteen people in okay. that class. Hmm. So minority. Oh, definitely minority. <laughs> definitely minority. Um, and it was more. It, it wasn't like the official Bible class conversation. It was more of a side conversation. Icebreakers. Yeah. Well, side conversation that we were having in the classroom during the class time, but while other things are going on. Gotcha. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. I don't know what else there is to talk about, um, but I don't want to shut down the conversation if you have anything more. I think that was it for me. Steve, you have anything more you want to bring up? Did you guys want to talk about the characters? Yeah, we could. I don't really care about the characters yeah. too much, though. As right. characters, I yeah. mean, we don't have to. It's it's, it, but not yet anyway. Yeah, it's interesting because they are they're bland, you yeah. know, and and uh, they. Well, I think Bordis is not bland. No, and, yeah. and Isaac has things to him, but he's Data. You yeah, know? yeah, and and I yeah. like uh, I like uh, what's her name, super strong girl. Yeah. yeah, I love the conversation with everybody with Bordis at the lunch table. Where where he, you know, can eat anything. Yeah. And they're like, wait, wait, eat this soda can, and he just eats it. He's like, hold on, I'm gonna go find a jar of nails. And like, where's there gonna be a jar of nails on the starship? In the engineering department. Whatever. The, the replicator. Right? That's true. The replicator. Nails. Make it. Um, no, I was I was afraid. I I they haven't done it in every episode now, but in. I want to say three or four of them. They had the line, uh, whatever her name is. You want to open a jar of pickles for it's me? It's like every episode. <laughs> is it? Yeah, pretty I, much. I don't think it's in every episode, but it's close. Yeah. It it just kept showing up. So It's like his, his thing that he says. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just this thing. Um, okay. Well, I think that's it then. All right. I've got an interesting topic for a post-credit, if you guys are up for it. Uh, maybe. Sure. All right. Maybe. Post credits on this episode. Have you been listening to the episodes? What I've been doing for post credits? Yeah. Okay. Just the the yeah the random comment. Yeah, but we can do a regular one. All right. That's fine. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, all that said, I think it's time to say goodbye and say thank you for listening. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you thought of the Orville. Um, we might be coming back to this. I don't know. Uh, I don't know when if we did, but we we might be and uh, yeah. I, I I just can't get over that this we will, we, is a show that exists. <laughs> we will officially do an Orville episode again if an episode comes up called The Wrath of Blonde. 
the Wrath of Blon. Or Strawn. Or something else that ends with on. Oh, so it's just rhyming. You're, you're not referencing something for real. For no. Them. Okay. No. Uh, I was like, I don't know what Blonde is. No. Like, I, <laughs> I feel like I need to take no. a deeper dive here, yeah. maybe. Um, just rhyming. Okay. Yeah. All right. Last words then, guys? This episode brought to you by Dogwings.us. Go to them for all your graphic design, cartooning, logo needs. Dogwings.us. Steve? Ditto. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say again, thank you for listening. Godspeed. Okay, we'll get to that actual post-credit toot sweet. But first, here's Evan and I, and we're going to talk about the episodes that have been on since we recorded this episode. Okay, so <laughs> we've watched, uh, there's been, I think, two or three episodes now that have, have gone uh, on the air since we actually had that conversation. And I, I've only seen one of those, Ben. Yes, and I've seen two of them, <laughs> and I don't even know if there's a third, because I haven't actually had a chance to even look, um, because there's been so much other stuff going on with uh, Runaways and um, Holidays and <laughs> all that stuff. But the last episode that was on that I saw was one that was just pulled straight out of the, just like we were talking about, pulled straight out of the Next Generation playbook and felt like I was just watching a Star Trek Next Generation episode with different faces painted on the people. Um, The episode previous to that is the last episode that Evan watched. And I believe your words were, I'm done with this show now. After you watched it. Yep. (laughs) Uh, and and that's to say there was a lot of content stuff. I do not remember the the title of the episode. The episodes I, Cupid's, I was Cupid's Arrow or something. Cupid's no, Cupid's something. Dagger. Yes. Cupid's Dagger. And Cupid's Dagger had to do with a lot of love stuff and sex stuff. And mm-hmm. a lot of love stuff and sex stuff. And and, and to be honest, um, the, uh, the one I was talking about that pulled straight out of Next Generation, this one did too, actually. Um, mm. it, with uh, the naked time and the naked now, um, the naked now was the uh, I get mixed up, but I'm pretty sure it's the naked now was the next generation second episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation where they get a disease that Captain Kirk and his crew got in the naked time. The naked time, huh. the naked time episode is the one where uh, if you've ever seen the meme of Sulu with no shirt and a fencing foil traipsing oh, yes. around the the hallways of the enterprise that is the episode that comes from where i believe i've seen that episode yeah they lose all their inhibitions and yes. they're doing things that they uh, would never do you know if they you know were just having a regular day <laughs> and that's one where spot cries yeah and, and so then with next generation it's interesting because they kept saying we don't want to just you know dig dig into the well and and we want to make this our, our own show, our own show. And the pilot episode had Dr. McCoy in it as just kind of a passing the torch thing. But then the second episode of the series is them doing a sequel to an original series episode. Huh. Um, but in that episode, that's the one where Tasha Yar seduces Data. And that's where we find out that Data is um, 
fully functional in every way or something like that. Oh and, goodness. Yeah. And, and I remember I was in eighth grade sitting in the cafeteria with my buddies and my friend was, you know, making the face that data made when he was actually then having intercourse with, with Tasha Yar. Oh and, my goodness. Um, and so that's where I'm like, okay, in some ways this is just a direct like we were talking about, like it's a direct ripoff in some ways. In other ways, it's it's not. I mean, there's other things involved in this. Um, I understand your reaction, Evan, and agree. There was a lot of stuff that they did not need to show in that episode. Well, okay, so let's back up here for a second. I, I mentioned in the in the show that we just talked about, or the, the conversation we just had, that I've been walk, watching with my mom some of these because. She loves Star Trek The Next Generation, and I showed her a couple episodes. Well, this was the second one I showed her, and we watched this one together, The Cupid's Dagger. Well. So. I mean, there's no. Even worse. <laughs> it's I don't want to spoil it. I mean, as far as just honoring the whole spoiler thing, uh, I mean, I've said what I've said, and it being a reflection of those episodes of Next Generation – um, things are happening among the crew members and it's, it's, there's icky moments. There's, there's lots of icky moments and it's also, it's not just sexual stuff. It's homosexual stuff. A lot of it. And that's a, that's a different issue also. Yeah. Now they're using it to ask questions and they're using it to present agendas and they're using it to say a person's a person, you know, and yeah. You know, whatever, and and love is love, and and sexual orientation. How does that fit into it? Well, we have orientation, and but that. What if your chemicals change just a little bit? What would happen? What would you do? And yeah. So anyway, I mean, I've seen worse, uh, but this comes as a surprise. First of all, and actually, when we watched the episode after we recorded this conversation, we had we realized our episode our conversation would have taken on a little bit of a different tone, especially in how surprised we were that they didn't go into the places that this episode went to. So indeed. Yeah. So we just wanted to throw that out there, make sure we added this on as a, a warning in some ways to like, you know, if you were watching this show with your kids, um, this one goes further than any episode has gone. Um, and, and that includes goes further than the first episode that they had. So, Yeah. Um, yep. What else do you want to say, Evan? I mean, I mean, it's just the amount of crassness in this episode. Uh, it just far outweighs, far outweighs what has gone before in this show, in my opinion. And I mean, it's just a lot of a lot of return to form for Seth MacFarlane. I was picking up. So, I, you know, I honestly I wasn't in it because it wasn't as again. It doesn't go as far as I would have expected if it was jokey jokey. It's not done jokey jokey. It's like the sitcom situation done in a drama uh, presentation. And it just it, it's it's this weird like dichotomy and kind of paradox of what is this show? Yes, but I struggle and, and maybe this comes out in some of our other conversations. I struggle the most with presenting something that is evil as good um and so like most most sins in 
depicted on television or whatever, it's it's universally bad things like lying. Everybody agrees lying is bad. Murder, everybody agrees murder is bad. Even if you're not a Christian, even if you don't believe in the Bible, you still have morality. And sexual stuff, it gets skewed a lot more, especially with the homosexual agenda. And so in this, and they've done this before, I think, in the show, but nowhere near to this degree, it's all, it's a very agenda-pushing episode. And it just... It, I, I, I feel like there's still some balance there. Clearly not. They, they don't go so far as to say homosexuality is wrong, but it is trying to explore these questions of what does it mean? And I think that if you're watching it with that eye, I think you're still going to get that kind of um, thing. I mean, and the other thing is Star Trek is, is I mean, not just Star Trek not just Orville. It, this is something where if you cannot separate the, the worldview of the creators from your own worldview, you're, you're not going to watch anything. You know, you have to draw the lines. And so this episode then clearly depicted some things that cross lines that, yeah. And, and, and that's what makes it different than, than some of the other stuff that they've done on this, on even on this show. Um, it's Yeah. It's the kind of thing that in I'm, I'm surprised they didn't play it for laughs, you know, and I mean, they kind of do. But again, they're not they're not taking it to the sitcom level. They're taking it to the uh, this weird, not quite a it's not quite a, a dramedy. Uh, it's, it's close, I guess, but it's not funny enough to be a comedy and not dramatic enough to be a drama. And and then they're throwing this situations and you're just like, what? How does the situation even fit into a realist? Oh, I guess it doesn't. So, yeah. So that's that's the Orville, and that's our our uh, conversation part two ish. And... I do have one more thing to say. All right. And when the captain brings in the picnic basket that he's going to take on his picnic date in yes. the Cupid Disdagger episode, I have that exact picnic basket. So it's it's nice to know that it survives for hundreds of years. Yeah, stays fashionable, I guess. Yeah, well, that I don't think it's the same uh, edition. I mean, I think this is a a new printing of the picnic basket. Yes, probably synthesized right there and then on the totally, ship. Totally, totally. They may have looked at your family photos and said, "That's the one I want to synthesize when I go on the picnic." Probably. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and thank you for listening again, and I guess Godspeed again. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening.
All right, Evan, what you got for us? Okay. Post credit. They, they've just announced today that on the new Disney streaming service, there will be a live-action Star Wars television series. Long, long promised. Yeah, I'm curious what it'll be. Yeah. I mean, because you had George Lucas trying to do one for a while, right? Yeah. Was yeah. Was Boba but... Fett-centric or something? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows what it was going to be. These bounty hunter-centric. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what it looks like, but that's I think that's 2019 before like before the service even starts. Really? Yeah. I'm looking forward to that service, yeah. man. They're also talking about new streaming Marvel shows would be on there as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that means for the Netflix produced shows. Mm-hmm. But. Hmm. Well, do you guys have any thoughts on what you'd like to see? I don't know. Have you guys seen any of Rebels? And what Disney's currently doing some on TV. Of it. I mean, right now they're doing all this stuff that's basically between the prequels and the original series. Right. That's that's the animated Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rebels is, yeah. Um, I'm really most curious right now about what happened between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Star Wars Battlefront 2, man. Yeah. I will never watch it or play it, but... <laughs> yes, you will. You're my friend. I'll invite you over. Okay, so maybe I'll play it once. <laughs> I'm not going to get the story yeah. in my playtime. I'm not going to put in the 80 hours to get <laughs> the whole story. I'll let you know. Maybe maybe it'll let you unlock cutscenes. I'll just invite you over and say, hey, let's go. Uh, I can end up with cutscenes cut on YouTube, too. Oh, I, I, I can see that happening. Yeah, there you go. Because this thing looks legit. The Battlefront. Yeah, the yeah. story, and it's canon, and they're bringing in elements from the comic books pretty neat yeah well and i would uh, that's that's where i would go with the tv show if it was me um but that's also you know you, you can't have luke in that right i and think i think you do animated between jedi and awakens because then you could put luke and han and whatever yeah and, well and um, actually have them do the voices yeah i mean you probably wouldn't get them but you could yeah um but then i would go for this one i'd probably do Old Republic. That's the other place mm. I can imagine going to. Because you don't want to do too much going forward because the movies... Well, you could also do post... You could do post Episode Nine. Who knows what, yeah. they're, where they're going to end up. Well, okay. So I where I thought you were going with this was um, they've also announced a new trilogy. Oh, have they? Yeah. I did not hear that. Yeah. Uh, what's the, the director of Force Awakens? No, no. The director of um, Last Jedi, okay. Ryan, Ryan Johnson, Johnson, whatever his name is, he is developing a new trilogy, and he'll be directing the first in the new trilogy. Huh. So, which isn't a surprise. I, I think um, it makes sense that they're going to keep doing like trilogies. Yeah. And then, so like one year you get a trilogy movie, the next year you get a one-off. One year you get a trilogy movie, the next year you get a one-off. One Star Wars movie a year. The trilogy, though, I think this is meant to be the last Skywalker trilogy, what we're in right now. Okay. And that this other trilogy could be anything, but probably isn't going to be a Skywalker trilogy. Okay. Man, and where would they go? What would they do? Well, that could be post whatever the episode nine is, uh, or it could be Old Republic. Interesting. You know, or, you know, the Yoda adventures. I mean. Dude, I want to see young Yoda. The movie. Yeah, interesting stuff. Steve, you don't care. Uh, I'd like to see like an episode zero. <clears throat> All right, that's it. 
Right, you know what I would really like? Which we actually like got to... episode zero with Rogue One. <laughs> yeah. <Kinda>. So, <laughs> well, that's episode four point. You're right. It's it's three point five or whatever. <clears throat> something whatever. Yeah. But uh, what I would actually like to see is something that that would you would never see is just they would take it absolutely seriously and say, hey, look, the Force is the guiding thing for both the Sith and the Jedi. There's no right or wrong. You can oh, Steve. be either. Steve, you got to watch Rebels because they're doing that stuff. Cool. And it's weird. <laughs> well, it must be because, you know, it, it's it, it would be getting back to this the, the truth that it, what it's supposed to be the in balance, this universe, the which makes which makes no sense if you're watching the movies. Wow. So you should check out Rebels because they are doing that. And it's like, right. yeah, Sith are wrong. Jedi, probably wrong. You're like what? What is going on? <laughs> S- send me the, uh, the the a list of episodes I should watch because right. I, I don't think I want to watch it. You know, six episodes, six seasons of it, or whatever. I will do that. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, again, thanks for listening, gentlemen. Thanks for talking. And we've. I'm not sure what's happening next on the podcast. We've got a couple different episodes. Well, I think lined I know. Up and I think it's going to be Justice League. Maybe, or that's the Just one after the next say. one. It honestly depends on release order and where this episode's <laughs> going to be released. So yes, but I, Justice League is coming, or it could have already happened. It's possible. Uh, yeah, we just don't know. So, thanks for listening, everyone, and post credit Godspeed. 